Radio Maria England presents Padre's Hour, presented by Father Sam Randall. Welcome again to Padre's Hour. I'm Father Sam Randall, Priest Director of Radio Maria England, and thank you for joining me. Last week on Padre's Hour, we caught up with John Pontifex, the Head Press Officer for Aid to the Church in Need. If you want to listen to this episode again, you can find it on our website, Radio Maria England, UK, or on most podcast services. When we think about social justice and caring for the poor and the hungry, uh, we often think about the Lord's actions, but we should never forget that we're partners with the Lord in this. There's that lovely prayer from Teresa of Avila that I use. Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks, compassion on this world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. You may know the gospel story in which the Lord wishes to feed a multitude and all they have is a little boy's lunch of fish and loaves. But the Lord takes this small offering and breaks it and feeds a multitude. The Lord will take whatever we offer and use it for his glory. Today, with the assistance from Radio in England's presenter and volunteer Joanna Bogle, I'm able to share with you the amazing work that the Catholic parish at Farm Street in London is doing for the homeless, the hungry and their congregation. Joanna regularly helps with the church kitchen and was able to pull together some volunteers and Father Dominic Robinson, the parish priest at Farm Street, to share with us about the lunch kitchen and what Farm Street has been doing to serve the needy in their area. This is Joanna Bogle talking to you on Padre's R. And if it all sounds a bit echoey, it's because I'm wearing a mask, we're all socially distancing, and we're in the big panelled room at the Jesuit Church in Farm Street in the West End of London. Now, I know this room well. I've been at various events here over the years, and actually, it's where the Catholic Writers Guild has its regular meetings, or had in the days before the virus. So the room's familiar to me for, oh, I don't know, you could say, um, if not grand occasions, certainly very organised, structured Catholic ones. Not now. During this coronavirus outbreak, it's been turned into a big welcoming place where people can come and get a hot meal. What people? Homeless people can't get a decent meal at home because they haven't got a home. All sorts of people have been involved in this. I should add, this isn't the only church in London doing it. One of the things I've come to learn as a Londoner during this outbreak is how good people are. 
as well as a number of Catholic churches like Farm Street and St. Patrick's in Soho, all sorts of other churches, including the American Church in London and St. Martin in the Fields, just off uh, Trafalgar Square, it's not Fields anymore, just in case anybody's listening, are also serving meals and doing wonderful work. How are they doing it? Because of volunteers and because churches are opening up their facilities. The result is fun for the volunteers, hard work, and a reminder that people are better than you think. Now, first of all, I'm going to talk to Father Dominic Robinson. Just for everybody listening, if we sound a bit echoey, it's because we're sitting in this large room, we're wearing masks, and because we take it all seriously, we're trying to obey all the rules that exist, and that includes social distancing. So in a socially distanced, sort of handing over the microphone across the air, here I am talking to Father Dominic. And Father, tell me first, how did Farm Street get involved? Well, thank you, Joanna. Yes, we, we got involved right at the beginning of the pandemic, really, when we, uh, we realised that there was a, a serious problem with homelessness in London um, way back in all those months ago in March of 2020. And, you know, everywhere was locked down, the church was closed, and you'd walk out into the streets and um, what did you see? Well, there were no shops open, there were no restaurants and pubs. It was a ghost town, except for um, hundreds of homeless. Um, and the, the, the Westminster City Council and the government were trying the best that they could to get everyone in, the everyone in policy, but there were still huge numbers there. And it was, first of all, Joanna's already, you've already mentioned um, St. Patrick's Soho Square, who um, started a homeless project feeding 200 to 250 people um, uh, every day in, in Soho Square. And then we were asked by Westminster City Council to um, start another service. And eventually we, um, we landed in Trafalgar Square, right in the center of London. And that kind of um, responded to the growing needs because more and more was needed for, um, to serve the homeless at this time. And there's another side of this as well of why we got involved um, and why the church has got involved, I think. And that is because I was hearing so much all the time during that first lockdown of um, people are starved of the Eucharist. Um, you know, they were, they were following the Eucharist online. Um, we had the privilege as priests to be able to celebrate the Mass every day. Um, and what we found was coming out of that deep faith which people have, there was a desire to serve, there was a desire to live out the Eucharist. And so what's developed across different Catholic churches in central London is a wonderful army of, um, of now up to 80 people who um, very, very generously want to live out the Eucharist in serving the weakest in society. I'd love to hear from some of this army. Danica, are you prepared to come and tell us what it's like being part of this army? Just what do you do? You turn up at uh, Farm Street about 11 o'clock. What's the kind of pattern of a typical lunch day? So usually you start with a team briefing and then especially if it's cold or it's raining outside, we'll try to let our guests in as soon as possible. Um, offer them a tea or coffee. Uh, then the food arrives and then we ask our guests what we'd like and we offer them a sort of cafe dining experience. It does have a feeling of cafe and dining. So 
how does it work? I mean, do people just all squash together? No, we're socially distanced, of course, um, due to the pandemic. So um, we have different rows. They are metres apart. Um, certain waiters only do certain tables to limit as much con um, contact as we can. It's a church hall from a well-established church. So there is a kitchen, but in my experience, most kitchens are okay for parish events, but not really for regular lunches in a pandemic. How does it go in the kitchen? Um, so we've had a lot of generous donators um, from restaurants nearby that have supplied us with a lot of food. So we, um, they deliver it over, we potentially heat it up and we can actually handle it in the kitchen, which is quite good. Uh, teas and coffees cause us to have a bit of a run around sometimes remembering different orders. Um, but in the end, our guests have a warm drink and somewhere to sit, which is really good in the weather conditions at the moment. So it's partly about companionship. Let's hear from Mike, who's also part of the team. Now, Mike, you live in the suburbs and you come in regularly? I, I do, Joanna, thank you. Um, I'm in, are we allowed shameless plugs? <laughs> go on. Come, go on, from, from St. William of York uh, Catholic Church in Stanmore, Canon Michael Munley, there you go, I've got the plug in. <laughs> Um, yes, I come from the suburbs. I know it's central London Catholic churches, but I got involved um, because I was on a contract uh, you know, a week before uh, lockdown. My contract ended. Um, so we were all sitting at home, uh, like probably the rest of the country. I did all the jobs at home that I hadn't done for the last 20 years. That took me into May. Uh, and then as Father articulated earlier, um, we need we well, I came to realize that we needed to do something. For people who were struggling, um, you know, luckily I had a, a support network of a house to live in and a wife uh, who was on furlough. Um, but so, my, so many other of our brothers and sisters are, are not as fortunate. So I got involved via um, the Friends of Westminster Cathedral, and I've been involved. This is the third project I've been involved with with the Central London Catholic Churches. We did a uh, refreshment hub at Trafalgar Square. We did a shower service. Uh, at uh, in Soho, Golden Square, and now this is our third service that we're providing in conjunction with Westminster City Council at May in Mayfair. Danica mentioned wonderful donations from restaurants, so we're not cooking the food here at Farm Street. How do we get it? Uh, yes, we're blessed with so many wonderful suppliers, and, and bearing in mind a lot of the uh, suppliers of the food uh, are independent businesses. Uh, who are obviously struggling in their own right. So their generosity has been uh, amazing. Generally speaking, we will pick it up around about 30 to 45 minutes before the service begins. Service is normally from 12, or lunch is normally from 12 to 2. Um, but if the weather is cold or rainy, we do try and let the guests in around about 11.30 so they can warm up and you know have a hot drink and, and settle down before they have their lunch. Uh, we'll pick up the food. Um, it's generally, you know, it's as I say, we've had some wonderful supplies and some uh, so, yeah, such a such a range of of, of good quality food as well uh, that we that we can offer to our guests, and we we'll pick it up, and then it's just a case really of serving it. And as well as that, there's some other activities. I've seen there's a chess set and some other things. And in a minute, I'm going to be talking to Sarah, who offers a creative writing workshop for those who want it. So, how do we we were hearing from Danica that there's a kind of briefing. So when the volunteers turn up, 
Have you had anybody who says, oh, I can't cope or I find it difficult? Or do you find people who say, I'm only good at washing up? What's it like? Does everyone pitch in? Everybody does. Absolutely. Um, we are, we're blessed with a good core group of volunteers who are very, very willing. Um, and, and they'll get their hands dirty if it means the washing up on some days. There are, there are easier tasks uh, during the service. But what we'd say to every volunteer is, uh, if, if it's a difficult task, by all means, halfway through the service, we can we can we can swap the, the shifts around. Uh, we have somebody standing on the door, obviously, as a, a commissioner type role. Uh, it can be wet and windy sometimes. So somebody can do that role for an hour and then change and come into the warm. Another volunteer will take over. Everybody's very willing. Everyone's very flexible. Everyone's very adaptable. And, and we're blessed in that respect with the volunteers. I'm going to talk to Sarah now about creative writing. One of the things that's interesting here at Farm Street is that I'm talking in this great, very large, pleasant hall, but there's also other spaces available. This is a big Jesuit center where normally lots of academic things happen and there are talks and lectures. But I'm guessing, Sarah, that creative writing with homeless people is um, not your normal Jesuit academic stuff. Well, the surprising thing is that, you know, the sort of people that turn up, I might not expect them to be the normal Jesuit academic stuff. But in fact, you know, the first person that came through the door speaks five languages. The next person speaks three languages. The next person has an MA in American literature. So I'd say the first thing to learn is that just because someone is struggling with issues of um Accommodation doesn't mean they're struggling necessarily with tip-top intellectual ability. Now, that's not to say that there aren't some mental health issues and some serious emotional struggles, but it's been fascinating to see, meet with and encounter the people who've come through the door, and it's been a delight. Do you think part of the problem is, even for all of us who have got a, at least a, a cosy home to go to, uh, if you haven't, then the days must seem very long. They seem pretty long to some of us when we're not able to be doing something useful. There've been almost national jokes about bored women learning to make banana bread. But at least in your own... <laughs> in, Just in, like my life. Yes. Yeah. For some of us, um, with a laptop and so on, there's usually some useful project you can get on with. But not if I didn't have a room and a laptop and a mug of tea available. The days must seem long. Do you find that that's something they talk to you about? Well, it, when we put our shared goals on the board, um, you will find a whole mixture of things, which will start with having another hour in the warmth. Uh, and then, uh, you know, can I bring my tea upstairs is a big, important question. So, you know, yes to all of that. Um, but at the same time, you'd be amazed how much laughter we're sharing in that group and how you know, you see providence at work in the people who decide to come. And sometimes if only two people come or sometimes there's four, because it has to be COVID secure, so we can't have more than five. Um, but sometimes if there's only one person, it can be a real time to untangle something that's been on their mind that in isolation they haven't been able to untangle. And the writing is just the way to do it. So creative writing is also a way of helping people along with lots of other things. Do you think you might perhaps, though, even get some writing that might get published one day, maybe in a little booklet that emerges or perhaps something quite unique? Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, the person I was chatting with today has got some really clear goals about when he'd like to see his uh, stories uh, brought out because people suddenly realize, wow, you know, we're all thinking about mortality now more, aren't we? And when you write, you do think about your own legacy and think, well, all of these things I've had in my drawer or in my suitcase or whatever, 
I do want them to see the light of day and urgency, you know, is a good thing as well. So it can focus the mind in a dramatic way, but also in a lighthearted way. Um, you know, we play games to get going. Today we were rolling dice with words on them and, you know, write a paragraph containing all those words that appeared at the top of your dice starting from now. And so when you're released and you're playing, then you can begin. But when you're on your own, and I'm sure this applies to most of us, uh, resistance is at its height generally. But in a group, when you're sort of playing, suddenly resistance disappears because suddenly it doesn't seem to matter. It's just a game. But of course, games are serious business, aren't they? So we've got hearty meals, local restaurants, creative writing, and a very good cooperation with the local authorities and so on. I'm just going to give some final um, words for Father Dominic, but I, I'd like to also describe a little bit about the scene. When I've been sitting here, way back that you aren't able to hear, Addie's been busy in the kitchen doing the washing up. We had enjoyed some of the leftover pasta. People get hungry by two, three in the afternoon, having arrived here at 11, coming in from various places. Uh, and so the activity takes a long time to sort of die away. And then there's the big thing about who's on the rotor for the next session. So that gives you, well, a sort of flavor about the way it's working. And I would add, there's some great friendships going on too. I certainly... Uh, will I think look back and remember some of the things that happened and the fun we had as well as the hard work of it and then somehow the extraordinary quality of it. So I'm going to ask Father Dominic about that last one. Do you think this will change the way you do things here at Farm Street or is it just all part of your life's work as a priest? Well I'd certainly join I'd like to think it's um, about my work as a priest yes and I think um, I'd like to, to think that serving the, the weakest in society and especially the homeless here in central London is part of the work of Farm Street. Um, we, had, um, we had a wonderful statue uh, dedicated um, at Farm Street a couple of years ago. It was blessed by the Apostolic Nuncio um, called Homeless Jesus. And it's, uh, it has pride of place in the church. It's at the um, altar of Our Lady of Seven Dollars and Our Lady... Um, in grief is looking down on her son and it's of Jesus as a homeless person if you're just to give a plug if you're interested in having a look then then um, just uh, google it in and you'll find lots of information about it here at Farm Street and also um, all around the world including at the Vatican um, Pope Francis has been very involved in promoting this statue by Tim Schmaltz and I suppose that's what we'd like to think we're about all the time you know here at the church and at the London Jesuit Centre, um, we are um, providing um, adult education, providing Ignatian Jesuit spirituality. Of course, we're a big parish as well, a big gathered parish around London and further afield. But that care for the weakest is a sign of our own faith in Christ, who was homeless himself. And so at this time of the pandemic, that's come to the fore. And it's changed people's perceptions, I think, of the homeless. It's really enlivened people's faith um, in a Christ who is uh, for the weakest, with the weakest, because he is weak himself. And so that, I would really hope, would, would stay with us when we come out of this pandemic. So another chapter, and yet in another way, the age-old story of love of God, love of neighbour, and remembering Mother Teresa's words about finding 
Christ, sometimes in a distressing disguise um, and in everyone. Finally, Father Dominic, would you like to lead us in a prayer for our listeners, for all who enjoy Padre's Hour, and for those who have been here today at Farm Street, helpers, volunteers, the kind restaurants who've been helped out, the people who enjoy their lunch. This is Radio Maria England, and you're listening to Padre's Hour. Thank you for joining us. And now back to Farm Street Church and to Joanna Bogle, who's sharing with us about the work the parish is doing during the pandemic. So, Father Dominic uh, at Farm Street, how are you keeping some kind of parish life going? The church is now open for prayer and for mass, but what about instruction of children? And what about Ash Wednesday and Lent? Any plans? Can you even make plans? Well, Joanna, I, at the moment, I think it's the same as for any parish in the sense that we, we really can't make any definite plans. We just don't know which way it's going to go. You know, I mean, I mean please God, um, we are going to come out of this. We're going to move into the new normal or whatever. And um, I will be able to um, open up for um, for all that we would have had planned if um, if the pandemic hadn't happened. But but the truth is that this is where we are at the moment, in the middle of the pandemic. So um, we're a gathered congregation from all over. So we're very different to a residential parish um, where you have lots of children's liturgy. You have um, confirmation programs and first Holy communion programs with with lots of families involved now we do have a few who come in and so we have a small program um, for um, preparation for the sacraments and and we have been doing that online in fact um, and that's been working quite well um, you know uh, the, the other activities that we have um, you know in addition to mass um, uh, a lot a lot of the, the talks and um, that those kind of things have been able to carry on a little um, uh, but the social time, we've really been missing that and missing being able um, just to get together um, after mass as well, um, being able to get together for um, for social events. We'd normally um, at this time of the year, we'd have this this big event, the Farm Street Charity Ball, which raises a huge amount of money usually for for charities. Um, and we'd also be having a parish quiz. And then in Lent, of course, we'd be having ecumenical stations of the cross on the on the street. Um, there's a Good Friday procession also, which we take place in, which we, we take part in, in in central London. So all of that um, is really on hold just at the moment. And and that's making it quite difficult, I would say. I think we are very fortunate. We're very blessed um, where we are at this time of pandemic because um, we're, we're a religious community here and because we have a, this big homeless service, this homeless project to run. And we've been able to keep in touch with um, the many people who are registered with us who just about everybody comes from outside of the geographical area of the parish. There are many parishes which I think are, are really struggling and finding it finding it difficult at this time, finding it difficult to be church. You know, there's a sense in which we've been learning to be a parish, learning to be church in, in a new way, really. Um, and uh, the, all of that we've been doing online, the live streaming of masses, 
and the videos we've been putting out and we've had a carol service which was like a broadcast on youtube you know all of that sort of thing we'll keep after the pandemic's over but we're we're really yearning for the day when we can be the gathered assembly of the church again and we can rub shoulders with 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 people when we can chat um when we can we can share our faith in 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 a, in a, in a more human way so so that's really i suppose where we are just at the moment we don't know the future. We don't know the future, but there is a sense in which the church will still be there for us, having perhaps, as you say, picked up some new ideas and so on um, on the way. Final, uh, final thought, that idea of being together. Personally, I, I had never really thought how much that meant. I would go to mass and depending on what I was doing next, I might hurry away or I might enjoy stopping for a cup of tea with people. I think I hadn't realized how, in a strange way, important that cup of tea is. Uh, we're not Christians alone. It's not me and Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's the church, and we're all in, this, uh, all in this together. So perhaps the pandemic has taught us how important that is, in a way. So Farm Street will be Continuing, having learned something from, from this, is there any particular thing you think you might carry away personally as a priest? That's a very good question, Joanna. Um, I probably need a bit more time to <laughs> reflect on that. Um, well, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's generosity. I think that's one thing. I think um, just recognizing and giving thanks for the um, real desire to serve among people um, that uh, the Catholic community has really shown that, I think. The church has, has really shown um, great confidence and, um, and a desire to, um, to serve the weakest in society. I think that's probably, probably one thing. Um, uh, I, think, I think also um, just, just learning what, exactly what you've said, um, the way in which, um, as you say, you know, the coffee um, or... Um, or the social time actually being so important um, in parishes. And it's kind of almost like an extension of, of the Eucharist, an extension of the Mass, which, um, which sometimes we, we haven't appreciated so much. And it's kind of through that absence, I think, of, of, of rubbing shoulders, that absence of getting to know each other better, being together as church, that we realize how much we need the community of the church. I think that's why it's come 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 over very strongly through the um, the, the desire to leave churches open. You know that um, people um, feel that need to um, to join a community. They feel that need also to to come to church to pray where they feel safe. Um, and uh, and that's made me realise just how important the church is um, for um, for so many people. So you know, I hope that uh, that gives me that gives me really that gives me great confidence for um, for after the pandemic, how we're able to be church together, learning from from this experience. So into the future and the church here at Farm Street, which has stood here for so long, ever since the area stopped being farms. Really, the first building to be built here in what was then semi-rural uh, part of the world in the 19th century. Looking ahead to what happens next in the 21st. We are going to be busy at Farm Street for the next many weeks, it looks, serving lunch and doing much more. And the Lord will be here too, here at Farm Street, the Jesuit Church. 
could you lead us in a final prayer? With great pleasure, Joanna, I'll, I'll do that. Um, because especially I want to emphasize that it's really the volunteers and it's those who've been helping us right from the beginning who made this project so successful. As you said, it's developed um, friendships and uh, there's been a lot of fun as well. Um, there's been a lot of fellowship, Christian fellowship. Um, and it's not been just for Catholics, but there have been others as well. There have been Anglicans, there's been Jews. Um, it's not simply... Um, it's not simply for Catholics, but it is something which the Catholic Church um, has been promoting, I think, and has really been leading the way in care for the homeless during the pandemic. So I want to give thanks to all those who've um, who've managed the project, got it going. Our first project manager, Anthony Doran, and then Jen Copestake, who, um, who looks after the project now um, on our behalf, and all the 80 volunteers. So I'd like to... Um, now, uh, give thanks then. Lord, we give thanks to God for all of the great generosity of all of our volunteers. We give thanks, Lord, for the great generosity of all those who provide meals, especially those hotels and businesses at this very difficult time um, for them. Lord, we thank you for the great generosity of all those whom we work with. Um, in the council, other homeless agencies, those who advise us and guide us. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the fellowship, the friendship with our homeless guests and for them who teach us something about Christ. And we ask the protection of our Blessed Lady, Our Lady of the Wayside. We ask the protection also of all the saints of St. John Southworth and St. Henry Morse, especially who as a secular priest and a Jesuit priest respectively, roamed these streets around central London during the plagues of the 17th century. We ask you all this through the Christ who teaches us what it is to be strong through our weakness. We ask this through Christ our Lord, amen. Thank you, Joanna, Father Dominic, Danica and Mike for all your work and all you're doing at Farm Street for the parishioners and for those who are less fortunate. As they said, it's not just about feeding the body, but also feeding the soul. Perhaps you attend Farm Street Church or do you help your parish with a lunch kitchen or supporting the homeless? Share with us your stories and experiences. You can email us at info at radiomariaengland.com dot uk or you could text a message at zero seven five zero two three eight five zero one zero that's zero seven five zero two three eight five zero one zero we'd love to read and share your stories and please do join with me for Padre's hour 
every week, which broadcasts on Mondays in the morning at 11am, Tuesdays in the evening at 9pm, Fridays in the very early hours at 2am, and Saturday afternoon at 5pm. And do get in contact with me at info at radiobrewengland.uk. Thank you for listening and God bless. Thank you.